Good day. Welcome into everybody on the Bill Michael Sports Talk Network. We certainly appreciate you being here. Good, good stuff on this Halloween. Halloween, great time, fun time, especially if you have kids or if you enjoy, you know, trick-or-treating and such uh, in your neighborhood and you got candy to give out. Uh, this year, I was really surprised. Actually, they, I, first of all, nobody told me trick-or-treating was on the weekend. I've always thought trick-or-treating for where I'm at is always on, trick, on, on Halloween. Uh, but the weekend, we were sitting at home on Saturday, and all of a sudden, you know, I, more than a few kids, which is the first time in a long time that that's happened in living in this neighborhood. Uh, because I'm, I, I'm just like two houses up from being in the mainstream of the homes. So they don't usually walk the two houses up the hill to come to my house and then back down again, but they did. So, And I reward them, by the way. If you're going to come here and you're going to walk up the street, you're going to get the big Reese Cups and the big Kit Kats. So that's what I gave out. Yeah. I think I don't think you can go wrong with either, but that's what I gave out this year. So I did have one kid. I gave him a great big Kit Kat. He looked at me, and he said to me, and this little little kid, he went, thank you. Is that it? I said, okay, you got cojones. Here you go. Here's a Reese cup. Thank you. Went running down the street. Mom. Is that uh, it? What a set on that kid. <laughs> yeah. That's what he looked at me. This, and I, he was behind a mask. He was a little kid. Uh, I think he was like, um, who was the, uh, the Shazam dude? I am the power. Who's that guy? I can't remember that, what that guy's name was. But that's that's who he was. The Flash, the fat, the fast one. I'm not a superhero movie guy. Yeah, I'm not either. I can't remember. It it was from years ago. Anyway, uh, but he that's who he was. It kind of reminds me of Aquaman, but it's not Aquaman. Um. So anyway, he he used to ride on a big He Man. He Man. Thank you very much, David. He Man. <laughs> he was He Man. And uh, he, he comes up with the mask on. And the whole bodysuit, you know, now they don't make just like the costume you just put over your clothes. Now they make the suit. It's got all the muscles. It's got the ripped abs in it. It's got all that stuff. It's got the foamation in it. So he had it on. But this kid was tiny. He was maybe came up just to make mid-thigh on me. And uh, he was by himself. Mom's at the end of the street, at the end of the the uh, the driveway and uh, says, you know, trick or treat. So I walk out. And I've got uh, a doorbell. I don't know how to change my doorbell. It's annoying as hell. So they ring the doorbell, and it plays this whole song, this old person song. I feel like I should come to the door with a walker and, you know, and old slippers and everything. But it, anyway, I go to the door. I, I have the bowl. I give him the big Kit Kat, and he goes, thank you. And he looks up at me, and he goes, is that it? <laughs> my first thought was, I ought to kick you to the And then I thought, you know what? The kid's got cojones. Here you go. So I go, okay, here's one more. And I gave him a big Reese cup. Thank you. Took off running. There you go. <laughs> so, ah, that's uh, that was trick-or-treating my neighborhood. So, anyway, uh, Halloween. But uh, then tomorrow, tomorrow brings on the dreaded N-word, November. And we're in it. And it's here comes full-on winter. I mean, it started today with a little bit of snow. Did, uh, did uh, the northern counties... Uh, up near Tomahawk and and Wausau and everything, did they get snow? Do you know by any chance, Grant? Or uh, anybody listening in those areas? 
I haven't heard sometimes because uh, my folks live up by Eau Claire. If they get snow, I'll wake up to a Snapchat or something. And I didn't this morning, which leads yeah. me to believe they didn't get any snow. But there was a little on maybe my they, car today. I thought they maybe got some last week, like a pretty good. Shane says about three inches up there. Okay, I was going to say I thought they got some snow already. Uh, yes, snowed in, in uh, Wisconsin Rapids too. Snowed in Tomahawk. Snowed in Eau Claire. About two inches there. Stevens Point. Yes. Okay. Uh, Brandon says yes, and it's still snowing. Marshfield got an inch, three in Eau Claire. So okay, so there was a little bit of little bit of snow. Um, and it's snowing in Mil- I'm I'm near Milwaukee. I got a few flurries floating down, but they've got some lake effect near Milwaukee. I know that they've got that spinning low, and it's bringing that lake effect snow there. So anyway, uh, so we're into November. Here it comes. I'm not happy about it, but and I I woke up to a lot of that on Instagram and Facebook today. Where people said, oh, my God, Mother Nature, stop, you know, and this and it's like, look, I'm not ready for it. I don't like it, but it's going to happen. Oh, well. At least it's not the five and a half, six inches we got like four years ago on Halloween. Then we got a bunch of snow. It was like, holy mackerel. So uh, we are today uh, here in the studio. Tomorrow we'll be in Marshfield uh, for the huddle. Tomorrow uh, evening, 6 to 8 tomorrow night, we're going to be at Nuts Deep, too. We're looking forward to that. And hopefully if you're in the area, whether you're in Rapids or Stevens Point or Wausau or even in Marshfield, come on out. We're going to have a good time. I don't know if the, uh, the radio station is giving any- – somebody asked me, are they giving anything away? I don't know. Just come on out. And afterwards, we'll have a beer. I'll have a beer as I'm tearing equipment down and getting ready to head on the road. I can only have one, though. That's all I can do. Can't do any more than that because i got to drive home. But there you go. Uh, 877-867-1670. If you want to give us a shout, please feel free to go ahead and do so. So we're talking about Jordan Love at the beginning of the show. We then kind of changed gears a little bit uh, because I gave you the poll question. Over 1,800 votes yesterday on do you feel the Packers are right there. 82% of you said no, not not at all. Um, and then we're talking about whether there's talent on the field or not talent on the field. Who's If there is talent, is it the coaching staff? If there's not talent, is it Goody? I mean, there's a whole – analyzation that's going to go on now the one thing i do want to say okay and i do want to get into this and i see a lot of what people are saying on the live stream and i got an email here from kenneth he says who in the packers organization owns the football team there there is no owner mark murphy is the president of the team he says how many other teams are set up this way zero nobody is absolutely nobody and it, it comes with a double-edged sword. One is you don't have a, a, a knee-jerk owner running down the hall and firing people. Or you don't have a guy like Jerry Jones who wants to make all the decisions and praise a quarterback that hasn't been able to win and overpay for good but not great talent. And he, he does make moves. He does say a lot of the right things, but he's the face of the team, and he shouldn't be. And since he hired... Jimmy Johnson, and kind of got jealous of how much publicity Jimmy was getting, he hasn't done a damn thing. So you can have that kind of an owner. You can have an owner that they had in Washington for so many years who got buddy-buddy with the players, paid the guys he liked, cut the guys he didn't, assembled a craptastic team, and had an awful organization. You can have a pretty good owner, like, say, they have in Pittsburgh, the Roonies have been fantastic over the years. They've had some ups, some downs, but they've been steady as a rock. You can have an ownership group like the McCaskies down in Chicago whose son, is uh, he did nothing more than wake up one day and he was in charge. Granted, he worked around the team and such, but 
he's been probably the most inept at running a football organization, but yet he's never going to lose his job because mom's not going to fire him. So you can have that kind of an owner. I mean, be careful what you wish for. You've got a really good thing here. What the problem seems to be is that when things go bad, you want an owner to come out of the suite and fire everybody and scream and yell and bitch and moan and, and say, I'm not going to stand for this and, and all that, you know. But And then you talk about Goody. Everybody's got questions. Is Goody running the team? Is Mark Murphy really making all the calls? And you just, like, stop, okay? Stop. And here's the bottom line. They're not firing anybody right now. You know, I know people want to say, fire Matt LaFleur, hire Rich Bisacci as the head coach, give him some time, see if he could actually be the head coach. And then, but you're not changing things. You're still going to let then Stenovich run the offense. The offensive line's not changing. The personnel on the field's not changing. Joe Barry's not changing. None of that's going to change. So you let it play out. You see where your holes are. You see how bad it is. And through bad times and adversity, you can find those inside that locker room who actually have character. And it's a bad season. Now, here's the other thing to remember. I never thought in a million years this team was going to go to the playoffs. I said seven wins from the beginning. So why are you firing somebody because the season's playing out kind of the way we thought it would play out? The only difference is the offense is just so bad. So bad. And it shows zero signs of improvement. It is so bad. It's a mistake-ridden joke right now in the National Football League. You know, like we, we were talking yesterday, and I'm listening to this podcast, coordinators aren't even worried about the Packers right now. Because even if your team doesn't get off to a fast start, that's okay. The Packers aren't going to score anyway. And if they do, it's going to be maybe once. So you've got time to figure things out against this Packers defense throughout the game, which puts the Packers defense in a very precarious position because they have to be perfect. Russell Douglas has talked about it. Jair has talked about it. Players have talked about it. We've got to be perfect. And nobody should ever enter their job saying, God, if I'm not perfect today, we're going to lose. You should be able to rely on each other as a team, not as an individual and everybody else saying we have to be perfect. So he talks about Goody, really more the director of player personnel than he is a general manager. Somebody below Mark needs to own the operation and make changes. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. And, and by the way, when things are good, nobody cares. It's a, it's a team owned by the people, for the people, with a board of directors and a president, and you love it. So you can't pick and choose when things suck and you need to make changes. We've been down this road. When things are good, when, when this team's not winning Super Bowls, they want everybody fired. When they're good, they're only as good as their next season. So that's great. We won a championship. Oh, man, you know, go, Pat, go. And then the very next year, well, see, they couldn't do it twice in a row. They got to fire everybody. You can't be that knee jerk. They, they move like an iceberg. And there's a reason they've had this level of success for over three decades. They've done some things right. So with, with the whole got to fire people, you wait till the end of the season, you let it play out, and you take a look. And you take a look. And that's the way it's going to be. 877-867-1670, All right. Uh, let's go to Duke listening to us in Green Bay. Duke, how you doing, man? What's going on? Oh, not too much. Um, I agree. You, you know, you're not going to fire anybody during the season. But, you know, Murphy's only got one more year left 
and then he's gone. And you would think he would want to help his predecessor out. And usually you want to leave something to the next guy in a little better shape than you got it. Mm-hmm. And I don't agree that they've done everything right for the last 30 years. They did two things right, Brett Favre and Aaron Jones. Those are the two things that they did. But I, I, I would hope, I wouldn't be upset if at the end of the year, Murphy cleaned house and got rid of Goody, got rid of the whole coaching staff and hired a defensive-oriented coach. I mean, that's the strength of the team, all those number one draft picks. And you're right, that offense stinks. I mean, right now, other than Aaron Jones and Zach Tom, I mean, what happened to John Runyon and Elton Jenkins? They're both playing horrible. There's, there's just nothing there anymore. And one other thing I noticed last night, this is interesting. I was looking at their schedule next year. In that extra game that we play now, we always play an AFC team. Guess what division we got? We got the AFC East. And you play according to how you finish. Well, Buffalo and Miami are on top. So that leaves us with the Patriots or the Jets. Now, the game right. is at home. Can you imagine Aaron Rodgers coming back next year to Lambeau? That would be a Monday night game. I'll hang that up and would, listen uh, to your comments. No, I would, I would agree with that. I appreciate the phone call. I, I will say this, though, saying only, and I think you meant Aaron Rodgers, saying only two players that they've done well. No, they brought in Reggie White. Then you got the Grave Digger. You got uh, you you got uh, you know uh, you can go through a whole list of players that were really solid, and Sean Jones, and then obviously Rory Butler. You can then take it fast forward. You can bring in a guy like uh, um, Charles Woodson, Nick Collins, Clay Matthews. All those guys helped. Chad Clifton, uh, even you know Bakhtiari never won a Super Bowl, but you bring in a guy like Bakhtiari. I mean. Then you had all of those wide receivers and Jordy Nelson and Greg Jennings and Donald Driver and James Jones and then even Devontae Adams. And, and you, you, you can go through the list of really quality players they've had. It's not like they brought in two guys and said, here, go win his championships. They have, they have done what they could. They have not left this team bereft of talent. Right now, it looks like that. But it's been a really good franchise for a long, long time. And it has been the poster child between the Packers and the Patriots for success. Now, the Patriots have had Super Bowl success. But between those two franchises, AFC and NFC, that's what everybody's aspired to be. The Giants get two Super Bowls, but they've had terrible seasons. Terrible seasons. San Francisco got the one. Harbaugh eh, got derailed. They had a little bit of a blip. They started to come back and play pretty well. You've seen Dallas toil away in anonymity. Dallas has made so many moves and spent so much money to try to win one, and they haven't had success. So, you know, I get where you're coming from, but you can't poo-poo what they've done. You can't just kind of negate everything. Uh, Let's go to Alex listening to us in Green Bay. Alex, how you doing today, man? What's going on? Hey, I was just—I kind of agree with a lot of things what you said, but I think the thing that gets missed is we seem to have an issue of just passing up on so many playmakers that in the draft. And one of the things I, I kind of question is we always heard for a lot of years who's with you know the GM and all the disciples underneath them, and you know you think about the guys that have gone to the Browns with Dorsey and so many other guys, but who's you don't hear about anybody in our scouting department anymore. And I just feel like over Goody's tenure and the end of Ted Thompson's, we haven't really found those playmakers anymore 
that are those game changers. We just always settle for a bunch of good guys or on the other end, projects that we overthink that we think we can make great, you know, from D1 AA schools or, you know, and so on. So I think that's really where where we have a team that makes it harder for the coaches is we just don't have all the playmakers that you really need to win in the NFL. I would 100% agree with that. They don't have – appreciate the phone call. They don't have the playmakers right now. That's why when I was talking a week or two ago about where is the, where is the game changer? Where is a Max Crosby who took over a game? Where is an Aiden Hutchinson? Where is an Amra St. Brown when you're just watching those games last night? Where is that guy? You, you, you can't raise your hand and say, ooh, ooh, I know, I know. You, you can't. You don't have one. That guy is not on this roster. The closest thing you have would be Rashawn Gary for the amount of snaps he gets to the amount of disruption that he has, and I wish they'd play him more, to Aaron Jones, who hopefully this week, as Mike, uh, Mike Clemens alluded to yesterday, he is fully back and 100% healthy, and takes the load. I want to see them feed him, feed that guy the ball this week. But I I agree with you. I don't think this team has playmakers, if you will. 877-867-1670. If you are coming into the holiday season and you are looking for a rock, a stone, a diamond, or anything else for that matter, let Kane and Kane Jewelers rock your world right out there in West Bay. It's worth the drive, too, to West Bay. Kane, K-O-E-H-N, KaneJewelry.com. That is KaneJewelry.com. And uh, Andy and his staff, they're fantastic people. Uh, They really are. And they have so much. Don't just go to the website. Make an appointment to go in and let them educate you. Let them let you take a look around. And then, you know, fit what you want and your budget and all that kind of stuff. Uh, It's Kane and Kane Jewelers in West Bend. As they say, they want to rock your world. Andy and his staff and his wife, Jen, they're great people. Just, Just either call them. Go to Kane, K-O-E-H-N, KaneJewelry.com and stop in. Uh, set an appointment, whatever it is, whether it's a wedding ring, anniversary ring, engagement ring. Uh, you got earrings, pendants, bands, gifts for people in your bridal party. I mean, whatever it happens to be, they've got it. Check out Kane and Kane Jewelers right there in West Bend. Let them rock your Ready? This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. All right, Team Pella, listen up. Thanks, John Kuhn. Customers love our products with limited lifetime warranties. Check out these big plays. Incredible innovations like blinds and shades between the glass. No interference on that play, Coach. And stylish windows with hidden screens that make game days a breeze. Can it get any better? It can. With monthly payments as low as $19 per window, $75 per patio door, and a free quote at PellaWI.com. Let's go. Whether you're looking to replace older damaged windows and doors or just wanting to revamp the look of your home, Pella offers a wide range of styles and materials to match your home's unique design. Hurry, take advantage of monthly payments as low as $19 per window and $75 per patio door at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Get your free quote today at PellaWI.com. 6.99 APR for 120 months. Surfer's Dirty Supplies. Showroom for details. Offers at 1031 
Welcome back. Good to have you. The Bill Michaels Show. Rocking on. This portion brought to you by our friends at Camps. K-E-M-P-S. Camps.com. They are right there in Cedarburg, Wisconsin. And uh, they are looking for good people. And not to mention you can find them in your uh, your dairy case at any of your local grocery stores. And Kemp's is right here, like I said, in Cedarburg, Wisconsin. So you can support the hometown team, so to speak. But uh, click on the careers uh, link at the bottom of the page, and you could be getting a call. They're looking for CDL drivers. They're paying sign-on bonuses. They have so much good stuff over at Kemp's. And uh, if you're looking for a a career, not just a job, but a career, that could be Kemp's. Go to Kemp's.com, K-E-M-P-S, Kemp's.com, and continue to look for them in your local grocer's freezers and such. Good stuff from our friends at Kemp's right there in Cedarburg. Uh, let's get back at it, and uh, who do we have here? Let's uh, get, let's get to Johan. Johan, how you doing today, man? What's going on? Johan just dropped about 10 or 15 Ow. seconds ago, Bill. Ow! No! Well, by the way, Brad Spielberger coming up at the bottom of the hour. We're going to talk with him. Pro football focus. Get into that. Uh, it is, I, I just got a, a friend of mine is up at Road America and uh, just sent me a picture. It is snowing at Road America. Not that it really matters, but it's kind of just a, a dank look. Kind of makes me sad. I love summertime. Can't wait. Uh, again, 877-867-1670. Good to have you. Uh, this is uh, – let's go to Duke. Duke, what's going on, man? How you doing, Duke? Duke is gone, but we do have uh, Thomas in lacrosse as our last caller. Let's call go right. to Thomas in lacrosse. Thomas, how you doing today, man? What's up? What is up, Bill? Happy Tuesday to you. What's good? Uh, today, just uh, talking Packers football. So, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I would love to talk some Packers football. I know I put in the chat, it is snowing here in lacrosse. I hate the white stuff. But, yeah, without further ado, let's just get right into it. So, I caught something uh, from Matt Schneidman of the Athletic. He posted it on – it was posted on this uh, website, WisconsinSportsRogues.com. You know, Matt LaFleur is saying we're going to shake some things up in terms of our process and our weekly rhythm. And, Bill, I <laughs> – that that statement there, I'm like, okay, what exactly are you entailing? You know what I mean? Uh, so I just want to start there. Your thoughts and takeaways on that statement and what exactly that it could entail. Go ahead. Uh, well, but that, that's a great question. I mean, I don't know what you shake up when you've talked about trying to get into a routine for a while. So, I mean, you could talk about how maybe you study or the timing of certain things that you're going to do instead of just being in a, a repetitious stage come practice. Or maybe they're going to get after it a little bit more. You know, some coaches say get back to the basics and they scrap the playbook. And they say, okay, we're going to go back to route running. We're going to go, we're going to just go back to route running and working. Our defensive guys are going to work against our offensive guys and just get back to route running and trying to get open and technique and such. Maybe that's what they do. I, I don't know what he specifically means, but uh, they got to do something. I'm glad to see there's at least a recognition there that this thing is just simply not working. Exactly. And then uh, another point here. So I was looking at the Packers. Uh, they – the uh, Mike Stockard and Wes Hodkowitz, you know, they're beat writers for the website. Mm-hmm. They do this, you know, segment. You probably heard of it, Bill. You know, the insider inbox. You probably heard of it. Yeah. Uh, so the other day, by the way, I got on my podcast and I ranted about the Packers for like a solid 30 minutes with a friend of mine. So that was fun to get out. Um, but no, there was this uh, writer, John from Jupiter. Um, and I'm just going to quote a part of it for him. He says, like, quote, we know for certain there are problems in every level, all phases, every position group, no one excludes. So where do we start to write the ship? So I kind of want to bounce that question to you, Bill, because I've been thinking about it for the longest time, too. 
where the heck do we even start to write the ship? Like for me personally, before I bounce it off to you, I think we just potentially, depending on how the rest of the season plays out, Bill, clean house. Like LaFleur, gone. Scooty, goodbye. Uh, Barry, oh, hell, I mean, I apologize. Heck, yes, he, he, he's out of there. You know what I mean? Where yeah. do you start to write the ship after the season, in your opinion? Well, I appreciate the phone call, as always, Thomas. It, where, okay, if you're talking about overall, where do you start to write the ship? I mean, at the end of the season, you're going to make the evaluation. Did the team get better, yes or no? And if they didn't, and we're sitting here now, what, you know, six games into the season and we don't see any improvement, well, then you're probably going to say, you know what, who's calling the offensive plays, who's running the offense, and why is everybody, like, just stagnant? So, yeah, you're probably going to go with the offensive coordinator, Stenovich. I don't know how much credence the last three seasons prior kind of play into your decision on Matt LaFleur. Um, and I don't know what Goody sees behind the scenes with Matt LaFleur, but that would be a, a tough decision because then you're, in essence, cleaning everybody out. Because that, at that point in time, here's the one thing to remember. If you're going to go out and say blowout coordinators, but yet your, your head coach is on the hot seat, not a lot of high-end coordinators are going to want to, you know, come in here with the prospect of being blown out at the end of the next year. So you're either going to clean house and start over or you're going to try to fix what you have. Now, I also think if I'm Mark Murphy, I you look independently at what guys are doing and what the level of players are that you have. And if Mark Murphy says, you know what, man, I, I, I don't see all of this stock we put into the defense, it's not paying off. All this high-end draft choice stuff that we put into this, it's not paying off. And if you believe that the talent level for the acquisitions is not there, then you have to blow out your general manager. And then that takes a while because then your next GM has to come in, wrap his arm around the organization, around all the scouts, Figure it out, and that takes a little while. So you got to be really methodical about. Well, you can't go scared. You got to be bold because you, you you this is all about winning, and you can put this thing back on the tracks, especially with a lot of money in two years. But you got to ask yourself: Are these the guys to do it? And then you go down from there, and that's that's kind of how I would progress. But if you're talking about just in the season, uh, I think at this point I can look at most people on this team and say we can lose with anybody. So if you're not going to get the job done and you're not going to listen, you're not going to figure it out, you're not going to give us what we want, then we're just going to move on. We'll, we'll just You can go ahead and sit, toil away in anonymity, and we'll find somebody who can. And then you can wait till your next turn comes. But right now, somebody else has to, has to step up. 877-867-1670. Hit us up, 877-867-1670. Brad Spielberger, Pro Football Focus, coming up next. This is The Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Good to have you back. The Bill Michael Show on this Tuesday, Halloween. And uh, what really scares you more than anything is the inability for the Packers offense to put up anything in the first half of ball games. <laughs> Good to have you on board today. 877-867-1670. Bring in now our buddy Brad Spielberger, Pro Football Focus, and over the cap.com at PFF underscore Brad. Brad, how you doing today? 
I'm doing great. How you doing? Happy deadline. Happy Halloween. Yeah, we're kind of waiting to see if there's uh, any big trades that should happen to go down, but I don't necessarily see a lot of them, but uh, we'll see if something does happen along the way. In the meantime, Rashawn Gary is locked up for the Green Bay Packers, and they're paying him uh, top five money when it comes to edge rushers. So uh, I kind of broke it down a little bit earlier for the amount of snaps that he's had, the pressures that he's had, and the uh, kind of the trajectory that he's been on. Do you look at it as a good deal, bad deal, average deal, but at least they get to keep the guy? I think it's a great deal for the Green Bay Packers. Uh, I really think it's exceptional. I mean, you have Nick Bosa push the top of the market to $34 million per year, and obviously, you know, you weren't expecting Gary to get into that conversation. But $24 million per year, I, I know he's not a total factor on early downs, but for us the last two seasons now, uh, including with that injury, you know, top 10 in pass rush win rate, top 10 in pressure rate among edge defenders, as good as it gets as a pure pass rusher off the edge, and you mentioned you know top five or you know wherever he's stacked up there, he's going to get passed by Montez Sweat maybe in the next couple of hours. Uh, he's going to get passed by Brian Burns this offseason, Josh Allen and Jacksonville this offseason. Like it might not, I don't think I don't think it's going to be top ten in in six months. So I, I love this contract for the Green Bay Packers. Uh, so the Packers have some decisions to make at the end of the year, and I know that we, you know we've talked a little bit about the money that they're going to garner, and that Aaron Rodgers' number comes off the cap, and you got to assume they're going to get money back when they let uh, David Bakhtiari go and such. But you know how much money? Because I look at things like okay, it's not good now. We all know that, but how much money estimated wise do you think they're going to have to spend in free agency going into next season? Uh, a decent chunk. You know, I think it was smart to take a lot of the hits uh, in the dead cap standpoint this season. Obviously, top three in the NFL, about $77 million in dead cap, right up there with Tampa Bay and the Los Angeles Rams. But, you know, I think there are a handful of moves you could make this upcoming offseason. You know, keeping Bakhtiari was, was a bit of a puzzling decision. I think maybe trying to keep the locker room and, and win some favor there. But, Look, they're starting with about $33 million projected right now, um, and I think you can clear some room, You know, maybe explore the idea of moving off of a Preston Smith or some of the older players on the roster. I imagine Aaron Jones will not be there, which clears a good chunk of money. Um, they'll have the ability to spend if they want to. You, know, you and I both know they don't really spend a ton in free agency, so it'll be enough to get done what they probably want to get done. The uh, the team itself right now foundering poorly. I mean, uh, just offensively, they are so bad. I, you know, I, I guess my next question is looking ahead. Is there going to be, and you guy, when you guys start to look at this and say who may or may not be available, is there a guy that you think could uh, come in and help this team as, say, a wide out next season? Yeah, uh, certainly. You know, I think there are a handful of names. You know, you're probably not going to get uh, a marquee player ever as a free agent. But first, this draft class, you know, I think it's phenomenal. Everyone talks about Marvin, Marvin Harrison Jr. But I think Malik Neighbors, Romeo Dunze, Keon Coleman are all worth a top 15 draft pick at wide receiver. And then you look at free agency, you know, do I think a, a, a T. Higgins shakes out in Cincinnati? No, probably gets franchise tag. But, you know, Michael Pittman in Indianapolis is that good big-body possession player that I think maybe could reach the market. You know, the divisional foe and Darnell Mooney, I think, will be a free agent as well. He has been super productive, but I really blame that more on the Chicago Bears passing game than I do Mooney. He separates all the time um, and then gets missed on throws. So, you know, not not exciting names, but there are going to be a handful of, of legit upgrades for a number two option, um, maybe a number three option in free agency. 
Yeah, uh, they're going to need uh, some help at the wide receiver position, maybe some offensive linemen uh, before it's all said and done, and who knows what the secondary is going to be. And I, I don't know how they're going to go about fortifying all of this because I, I know you can't go out and spend a ton of money on everybody, but there's, there's going to be some holes to fill on this team. If you had to prioritize some of the problems on this team, have you guys gotten that deep into it yet? Yeah, I mean, not to be super, super simplistic. I mean, I think it starts with quarterback. You know, it's hard to argue with much else. But the protection has broken down. The first month of the year, he was the least pressured quarterback in the NFL, and he still does have a very high passing grade for us when kept clean. Um, But when pressured, he's one of the lowest-graded quarterbacks in the NFL. He also on throws 10-plus yards downfield, has a bottom-five accuracy rate for us. We chart every throw, um, you know, not, not just a grade, but in terms of how accurate it is. Um, and he is one of the least accurate passers down the field, which I think is why you're seeing not that many throws down the field. And then it complicates things because defenses are compressing. They're loading up the box, which is hurting the run game because they really do not view the downfield passing attack as a threat. Um, I'm not going to say it's all Jordan Love, but, you know, Green Bay Packers fans don't really know what it looks like to have a, a struggling quarterback. Welcome you know, to the world of 25 other teams uh, every single year. When you guys go through all of this and you look at every throw, and there are still people here that say, I don't think it's Jordan Love because he's he's done this, he's done that, he puts the ball here, he puts it where it's supposed to be, but yet guys aren't getting separation, they're not running crisp routes, and there's something to be said for that. But as a quarterback, and not just looking at, oh, by the way, here's his stat line and his QBR, but as a quarterback and looking at every individual play, do you see what you thought you would see out of a guy that sat behind Aaron Rodgers and absorbed the system for three years? Yeah, I see a lot of Utah State Jordan Love. In this past game, I mentioned the pressure. He's bailing out of clean pockets a good amount, you know, not stepping up when there is a pocket formed for him. I should say you are right, though. Look, we know this super-duper young receiving core. There are a handful of times where you see there's a clear miscommunication. A guy maybe runs the wrong route or breaks off his route at an incorrect distance. And so – it might look like, oh, Jordan Love threw it short or threw it over his head, sometimes short. Other times, it might be because the receiver is 15 yards downfield on a concept he's supposed to be 12 yards down the field. So that is also the growing pains of literally, you know, rookies and sophomores, basically every pass-catching option is going to have a lot of miscommunications and mental errors and things like that. But, but yeah, I, I see the Utah State, the bailing out of clean pockets, the happy feet, and, and the inaccurate passing. That, that, that was all on his scouting film you know, going back to college. Uh, let me ask you this, because people want to compare him to Tua. After Tua had a couple of years in the league, he, he had a chance to watch. He ended up getting hurt, and then he watched. Does he – is there, cause I, is there anything that would give, lead you to believe that he's got these Tua-like-esque ability in there if he just gets some good guys around him? Uh, I think they're very, very different players stylistically in almost every sense. Like – Tua is not the athlete, does not have the arm talent that Jordan Love has. I, I like his arm talent. He can throw from some weird angles. He can throw off platform. He is a better runner of the football, evading pressure, dancing out of pressure, things like that. But, no, Tua is one of the most accurate quarterbacks, like, ever. <laughs> like, the guy is pinpoint accurate, is always leading receivers for good yards after the catch opportunities, is a great anticipatory thrower, getting the ball out. He has the fastest average time to throw in the entire NFL um, and is still pushing the ball downfield because he is so, so accurate. So I'm not saying he can't be – I'm not saying he can't put up the box scores that Tua is putting up, and, and there is room for growth, and he could get better, and I like the talent. Um, but stylistically, you know, I, I don't see that comparison much at all. 
Yeah, see, I say the same thing, and, and I wasn't a big believer in Tua, so he's proven me wrong, but I, I see kind of a lot of what you see. And to me, it starts with the accuracy, and if you can't be accurate consistently, then it's, it's boy, it's going to be a long time in the NFL for you to kind of sit around and toil away until somebody says, okay, you're not going to be good anymore, and you become a lifetime backup. Here's the other question. Jair Alexander uh, paid him a lot of money. One game he looks great. The next game just looks bad. Is it just the fact that there's been injuries in the secondary and he's kind of had to move around, or is he just not playing real well? Because that's been kind of an enigma also. I do think it's a mix of both. I found it interesting. I know it's a rebuilding year and a retooling year, and I did see that. I guess they, they do have some faith in Darnell Savage, but I'm not really sure why. I think the safety room is probably the worst safety room in the entire NFL, and I felt that way coming into the season. And so that's going to put a ton of strain on a corner. When he, he doesn't feel confident, he has help over the top. Um, you know, he able to bracket guys and do different things. And then also, of course, Eric Stokes missing a bunch of time is not going to help either. So not to fully vindicate or, or say nothing is Jair Alexander's fault. He has gotten beaten sometimes. He's bit on a couple double moves and been beat over the top. Um, but I do think the surrounding circumstances in the secondary um, is definitely not helping him at all. Always great to talk to you, Brad. I certainly appreciate it. Hey, give me your thoughts. Who's uh, As you've seen, San Francisco now slide three straight games. Philadelphia is still steady. You get a big win out of Dallas. Meanwhile, on the uh, other side, you've got Miami just kind of cruising along. The goofy loss that they just had out in Denver with uh, Kansas City, but here comes Cincinnati. Give me your thoughts on kind of the leaders in each each conference right now. Yeah, I think you touched on a bunch there, but the one I would throw in is I am a believer in the Jacksonville Jaguars. I, I think they really are oh. a team, yeah, I think they are really a team that could push for. This is mostly because of their division. They could push for the number one seed just because. You know, some of these AFC West teams and, and of course, the AFC North uh, is going to beat up on each other, whereas Jacksonville gets a bunch of games, you know, uh, against the AFC South and a bunch of rookie quarterbacks and things of that nature. So, you know, their defense to me has taken that step. I think they should add another pass rusher today, maybe Josh Uji from New England. But but I think Jacksonville is, is a legit contender out of the AFC. In the NFC, I think you hit on them all. I, I think it's an extremely poor uh, conference. I, I don't think they're even close to two conferences. But – you know, Detroit obviously looked good last night. They need to beat a really good team. You know, they, they've kind of punched down all season long. you got to see them beat a, a competitive team. Uh, but I think they will figure that out. Also a team that could probably add an edge rusher and maybe a cornerback in the next couple hours. Brad, always appreciate it. I, I'm so uh, glad you had a chance to kind of break a few things down with us, and we'll get you on again real soon, okay? Of course. Thanks for having me. Thanks, pal. Talk to you soon. Brad Spielberger, Pro Football Focus, at PFF underscore Brad is where you can find him. And I uh, love getting his kind of perspective because they break down every play of every team of every position and they kind of go through that whole list. So it's always great to talk to those guys. Uh, tonight is one of those nights where you just kind of know it's going to be cold. You know, it's going to be black. So you curl up, uh, you throw in a roast or maybe uh, you, you know, if you're a griller, that's fine. You can still venture out and do a little grilling. No, no problem there. Maybe some brats, whatever it may be, steaks, just maybe throw them in the skillet in the old-fashioned iron skillet, whatever it may be. Robert's Specialty Meats, Waukesha, they got you covered. And if you're going to be heading up to Lambeau this weekend, you want to get your tailgate fare on, I do that now as well. The chicken parmesan skewers and the ribs on a stick are absolutely fantastic. You can't go wrong. But uh, check out Robert's. Robert's Specialty Meats, Waukesha.com. That is Robert's Specialty Meats, Waukesha.com. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is The Bill Michael Show. On the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. All right, Team Pella, listen up. Thanks, John Kuhn. 
Customers love our products with limited lifetime warranties. Check out these big plays. Incredible innovations like blinds and shades between the glass. No interference on that play, coach. And stylish windows with hidden screens that make game days a breeze. Can it get any better? It can. With monthly payments as low as $19 per window, $75 per patio door, and a free quote at PellaWI.com. Let's go. Whether you're looking to replace older damaged windows and doors or just wanting to revamp the look of your home, Pella offers a wide range of styles and materials to match your home's unique design. Hurry, take advantage of monthly payments as low as $19 per window and $75 per patio door at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Get your free quote today at PellaWI.com. 6.99 APR for 120 months. Certain restrictions apply. See showroom for details. Offers at 1031-2023. The all-new Potawatomi Casino Hotel has something you gotta see. Play more slots and games, and you could say, show me the money, to reveal up to 10 grand each Thursday. 800,000 in prizes is up for grabs. 40 winners each week. This October and November at Potawatomi, Milwaukee, when you're ready to win, just say, show me the money. More info at PaysBig.com. Must be 21 years old and a club member to play. Coming up on December 8th and 9th, a really cool event going on. They've got like a Christmas slash rock concert, (laughs) for lack of a better term, Uh, out at uh, Smoke on the Water in Okachi. And on that Friday night, December 8th, I'm going to be emceeing the evening. And a portion of the proceeds from both nights uh, are going to go to Fisher House, Wisconsin. And Joe and Ellen Hennis always do such a great job, but it's kind of a... It's a kickoff to the holidays, if you will, and they're going to have uh, Zeno and Joe. Uh, Zeno, the original singer from Cheap Trick, and he's pretty familiar with a lot of the uh, the area bars and restaurants and stuff. He sings quite a bit. Uh, but they're going to be d- getting together, and they're going to do some Christmas carols. They're going to do some rock music. Uh, they have you walk in, you get, I think it's kind of like a, a champagne glass, and then you get a couple of drinks throughout the night, all included. Plus, they've got uh, heavy appetizers throughout the evening. And it's all for one price. And there's limited space and tickets available. But Smoke on the Water in Okachi Lake, it's a, it's called an Okachi Christmas. So if you are interested in this and you're within the sound of my voice and you want to go, uh, just find them over on Facebook. Find them over on Instagram. That is Smoke on the Water uh, on Okachi. And uh, Joe and Ellen Hennis can get you all set up. But it's going to be a fun time. Really looking forward to it. And they do a lot of different stuff, too. They do comedy shows out there and that downstairs. Man, when they when they gutted that downstairs and turned that into kind of a, a showroom, man, that that's it's beautiful down there. It really is. And it's big. It's spacious. And they do a bunch of weddings. and they do. But it, the, the full bar and just the whole scene down there with the fireplace and the couches and everything is really cool. So we're looking forward to it. A Smoke on the Water Okachi Christmas coming up December 8th and 9th. And get a hold of them, give them a buzz, and uh, see if you can't get your tickets right now because this, is, this event's guaranteed to sell out. And I'll be there as the MC on Friday night, and then uh, it is Saturday night as well. So good stuff going on with our friends Joe and Ellen Hennison, the people out there at Smoke on the Water. 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. 
1670. That's the phone number if you want to get a hold of us. Uh, always appreciate it. Again, 877-867-1670. Um, Kent says, anything like we don't have much money to spend a lot this year, just have to form a team, see what we really have this year, sign better players next year. So, in other words, what you're saying is they didn't have a lot of money. They put the team together. They had some draft choices. And what they're doing this year is looking to see what actually it is they have before they make a decision for next year. And I, I, I would agree with that on its simple philosophy. But where the frustration comes in that, you know, when you go back historically and you look at the day Jordan Love was drafted, and everything that's gone on since, and the preparation for the here and the now, and what you thought was going to be this springboard into the next era of Packers football, and this, it was just going to, it's not that, I didn't think they were going to the postseason, okay, I said seven wins, and then they get a couple of, you know, games under their belt, and people start to adjust their win total, and you're, people are thinking, well, maybe nine wins. Maybe they could you know, fight for a playoff spot. And I remember watching the national shows going, absolutely, they're in the playoff hunt. And I'm thinking, no, they're not. No, they're not. You've got to wait until teams get uh, a feel for you and a book on you of what you can and can't do. And what they've clearly said is, we're going to come after you up front because we know you don't have a deep game. Christian Watson's always banged up, and Romeo Dobbs is not really a deep guy. Jaden Reed in the slot's okay. You know, you're better on intermediate throws than anything, but even the intermediate throws aren't accurate, and your accuracy downfield is not good, so we're just going to come after you. And it's not until you go to the two-minute offense and you really kind of move the sticks quickly. Nothing huge. You're not going over the top and beating teams, but you're moving the sticks. That's it. We know what you are. Two hours down that fast. Bam. Just like that. Two hours yet to go. Stay tuned. We got a lot more of the Bill Michael Show coming up next.